Well, here is the latest vase that I've created. It's fresh from the kiln. It looks nice, but what's this fuzzy stuff that's stuck to it? Why, well, I, I guess a few of my follicles might have fallen onto the vase when I was making it. No offense, but these strands are gross. What do you mean? You're a wonderful artist in ceramics. Mm -hmm. Your glazing is excellent. Thanks. Your shedding, though, is ruining the crockery. It is. Look, I don't think... Your you... terracotta is more like haricotta. Now, that's just And a... they're so curly, too. I can't help it if they fall How out. How about wearing a long sleeve shirt next time, huh? But I like working shirtless. Look, you can't work shirtless. And I don't make see the problem. Thing. You just can't. Harry Potter will not be presented at this time. It'd be different if you were making sweaters. In order to bring you the following special podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. She, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night. And still have begged for more. I just watched this movie the other day. Believe it or not, I had never seen it before. I'd never seen My Fair Lady before. Oh, I've not seen it before either. You haven't? No, but it's supposed to be a good one. It's pretty good, yeah. It's a great musical. It, uh, the songs from it. Does it uh, hold up well? I think so. It's okay. it's tr there's no uh, there's no time limit to how charming Audrey Hepburn is, or frankly how how good Very true. Rex Harrison is. You know he's quite yes. good, really. Yes. Uh, but um, it it is a timepiece. But the songs are uh, timeless and they're they're fantastic. But the reason I brought this up is because. There is a woman who is, uh, Audrey Hepburn, as talented as she was, couldn't sing uh, any better than me. So she... Well, thank goodness, because I wouldn't want her to be absolutely perfect. God, I isn't know. It always, isn't it always comforting to find out that somebody's got something wrong with them? <laughs> well, I don't know if <laughs> it's wrong. It's just a talent that, that well, she didn't have. you know have. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. And people have done, uh, in recent years especially, they've done musicals where they say, you know what, we just want the regular actors to do the singing. We don't care if it's lousy singing because people watching the movie will relate to it because they, they probably can't sing all that well either. Yeah. Those movies never really connect. We don't want somebody to sing as well as we do. We want someone to be better. That's the idea of a movie or a stage play. Take us someplace that we're not, that we can't otherwise imagine ourselves being. So, uh, as as great as this movie is, it is not Audrey Hepburn singing here. I never know what made it so exciting. Why all at once my heart took flight. And, and if you watch uh, the movie West Side Story... I feel pretty, oh so pretty... I feel pretty and witty and gay and I pity any girl who's in me today. That's not Natalie Wood I feel charming, singing. Oh, so charming. It's alarming how charming I feel. And so Rita Marino is not singing in this quintet from West Side Story. Stop and once and for all. Stop and once and for all. 
And on The King and I, Deborah Carr is not singing. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. The deceit, the yeah. deceit and the lies yes, are just more than I can take. Mendacity. But it, it is a singular woman that is doing all that singing, and her name oh. is Marnie Nixon. On a bright cloud of music shall we fly, shall we dance, shall yes, we dance. the unfortunately named Nixon, but Marnie Nixon was her name. And um, she is like the ghost singer for all of those movies I just mentioned. Don't cry, young lovers, whatever you do. Don't cry because I'm alone. She even dubbed the high notes in Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend for Marilyn Monroe. No, 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 no. projects as well. Uh, the American Film Institute lists like a hundred of the best songs from the musicals of all time. And Marnie Nixon is actually the singer on a four or five of those songs. But nobody knew her name. Nobody knew that... It's... And they didn't credit her on the uh, uh, movie credits? Yeah, but who reads credits? Except for me. I'm one of those guys right. at the end of a movie in a movie theater sits there while everybody else is filing out. Are you doing it because you think there's going to be more like little movie things like they do sometimes? They'll add a little scene. Or are you doing it because you really want to know who the grip I, was? I absolutely. Who the key I grip I know. Was? I'm a nerd, but I want to know that stuff. I want to know who did the costumes. I want to know who the stunt people were. Uh, I've, I'm lucky enough to know a few stunt people. So once in a while yeah. I'll see, oh, I know that guy. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. But I just like that stuff. Yeah, cool. I mean, it takes a lot of. As the famous saying goes, it takes a lot of idiots to build a village. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> and uh, so I want to know all the all the people, uh, you know, who were responsible for the film and indeed the grips and the assistant directors and the second unit people and all that stuff. So if you watched all of that at the end of My Fair Lady, yeah, you'd find Marty Nixon's name, but it's not uh, featured in any particular way. She got her paycheck and moved on and I think in a way, at least in those days, it was kind of a little secret that ah, it's not really Audrey Hepburn singing, it's somebody else, but what do we care? It's a beautiful movie and Audrey Hepburn looks great <laughs> and that's all we need to know. Mm -hmm. But Marnie yeah. Nixon, and the, and the reason, and there's got to be a reason that I brought all of this up, she did, later in, late in her life, uh, she came to Seattle and lived in Seattle for a while and her she did a kid's show on Como TV called Boomerang. A boomerang, a boomerang. What does it do? What does it do? It comes back to you. It comes back to you. A boomerang, a boomerang. Bing, bong, bang, it's boomerang. Where she did some singing as well, but it was, I think they had puppets on it, and it was purely a kid's show, but here is this luminary talent that I don't think most Seattle people watching that little kid show on Como had any idea uh, what her resume was like. But she she did that for a few years, 
They won some local Emmys and all that. Marnie Nixon died about four years ago. Uh, pretty cool. And, uh, so yeah. if you see those movies, you're like, oh, my gosh. Wow. And she was good. She didn't sound the she same. Really good. Uh, an American soprano of of considerable esteem. So here we go. Another uh, a little podcast time. The previous podcast um, was a kind of a retrospective on 19 years ago, 9-11, and the broadcast, which unfortunately you were not a part of that morning. I took a vacation that week, but I was glued to, I woke up, I got to sleep in, and woke up and couldn't believe what I heard you and Gary talking about. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe Gary, it. So. Gary Hoffman, the news guy, and, yeah. uh, and Bill Schwartz was there as well. Bill but Schwartz, as I right? say, that the um, the real linchpin to that broadcast, which would have otherwise been, you know, a typical broadcast by any other radio or TV station that day, and they were all fine, I'm sure. But uh, what elevated this one, of course, was a woman named Tammy Michaels, who was uh, a weekend show host. She does, I guess, home interior stuff, design mm-hmm. for the homes, that yeah. kind of thing. And it was a weekend radio show on Como. I'd never met her, honestly. I don't even know if I'd ever heard of her because, uh, you know, when when we cleared out after our Friday show, we didn't think about the weekends. And I didn't listen to Como except if I was doing a Husky football tailgate show. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I didn't really know her. I never met her. And here she is. She calls up, and she is in a hotel and I won't go over the whole thing again, but she's right across the street from the World Trade Center, witnesses things that no human should have to witness. And uh, her husband actually shot video uh, detailing some of what she was telling us on the radio. It was astounding. Mm-hmm. The most astounding thing, I think, in her eyewitness live telephone report from that hotel was that she was witnessing people leaping from the World Trade Center because they had a choice to make. Do I burn up in here or do I just jump out the window? And and I what I noticed, Lisa, was after that morning, you never heard any mention of that. Not on the on not on the national broadcast, not in newspaper articles, no mention of people jumping out of those windows. And they didn't show any pictures of it. Didn't come along for some time later. And then, of course, too disturbing. document it's too disturbing. Too disturbing. I think I think it was interesting. Even right now, I'm tearing. Yeah, up it, it's horrible. It right as soon now, as I heard that scary. audio when I was putting that together, I started getting all teared up again. It's like it just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was interesting to me that somehow, without perhaps an organized meeting, all of mass media decided, you know what, we're not going to tell people about this or we're not going to feature it at least Uh, I don't know that that would be the case today everybody would be so eager and falling over themselves to get something uh, particularly something ghoulish perhaps out uh, on the uh, beating their competitors uh, out that they would put that out there but in that day just 19 years ago nope we're not going to we're not going to talk about this this is horrific Mm -hmm. enough without piling on to this aspect of it so I thought that was amazing and here is because I got a ton of reaction to this broadcast at this podcast last time Uh, here is what we heard from Tammy Michaels again the next day and here is 
uh, a part of that. A lot of people have called and asked about Tammy Michaels yesterday, whose uh, dramatic story happened live uh, in part here on uh, Como Radio and on Como Television yesterday. As she called from her hotel room, it was the Millennium Hilton Hotel in New York City, right across the street in Lower Manhattan, right across the street from the World uh, Trade Center Tower buildings. She saw them both collapse. Uh, they stayed in their room, she and her husband. Finally, uh, finally departing after the collapse of the second building after a period of time. And uh, happy to say she made her way to safety, uh, at least relative safety, and even happier to say that we have her on the phone with us this morning. Hi, Tammy. Yes. Are you there? Hello. Can you hear me? We hear you fine. Where are you this morning? I'm, I'm in New York. I'm about uh, 10 blocks away from the World Trade Center. Um, I'm just outside the perimeter line. Actually, where I'm staying is inside the perimeter line, and I've kind of found a little secret way to get in and out of it um, to get back to where we're staying in an apartment. Would you like to be farther away? Uh, <laughs> you, you feel okay I, there? I'd give anything to get on a plane at this moment, yeah. even though I'm rather afraid to get on a plane. Well, but, well, uh, you, you were, uh, your story, of course, uh, while a distinctly personal one yesterday, was was spoke to a, a lot of uh, other, a multitude of other stories uh, and and feelings that people had yesterday. Um, when you finally got away from the building, when you and your husband finally got into that apartment, what what did you do? We were just stunned. Um, and I think that was the way everyone looked. People were just staring at the sky where there had been Twin Towers, the World Trade Center. I walked around again today, and there were people doing the same thing. And, and yesterday, it was a blur. We um, tried to use phones. Phone service is, is, is down. Cell phone connection is difficult. I may even lose you during this call. Um, so we tried to make phone calls to let people know that, that we were okay and we, we were out of the hotel. Um, and then we started talking about the specific things that we saw and how close we came to really dying. Mm. There were two specific instances that I felt like it's, it's amazing to me that we're alive. If, if, if we had left when they told us to evacuate, I know there are people that were in the Hilton that were killed, and um, I know that that positively the streets were full of people when that when that building collapsed because um, initially they were telling us to stay in the hotel and then it was some time before they told us to evacuate so and then when we after the second building collapsed and it was just a vir virtual fireball um, that hit our hotel and our hotel room itself started filling with with black smoke and um, we knew we had to go down the stairs and we didn't know where the fire was coming from. So as we made our way down the stairs, we were just, we were very, very frightened. Um, my husband's an incredibly calm person. He was saying very comforting things to me, talking about, you know, things at home. And when we get home, we're going to do this and that. The thing. It was, uh, you know, we were, we were incredibly calm for, for what it was like, but completely terrified. Sure. I mean, I, I I was amazed at your ability to to even paint the picture for us yesterday. Uh, and, and you became. I mean, if if there are people out there listening that don't even know anybody, or don't think they know anybody that was a, in New York yesterday, in a way you became their their person that they they know and and cared about and and. Uh, 
and uh, we've had well, a lot of people I'm, calling about you, and we're glad you're safe today. I'm deeply touched. I have to say that um, I, w I would share one thing that I did today. Um, I'm Jewish. There's a small Catholic church around the corner from where I was staying, and there was a priest standing outside, and, and I, I asked him if I could come in, and... Um, I didn't really know what to do, I, you know, in, in, a, in a Catholic church, and um, he, he said that all of God's stores are open today, and um, yeah. and he said, and, and, and we welcome you, and, and I went in, and in my way, I, I prayed for the victims and, and their families, and um, the people that I know are trapped, you know, still in the rubble, um, and... And, and that's really the the only thing I can say is it, I saw things that are really beyond description as far as as, as death right in front of me. Mm -hmm. uh, the people that were jumping from the buildings and and um, the firefighters. I saw numerous firefighters that were trying to direct people, and then the building collapsed, and and of course they were no more, and and that was just heart wrenching. Sure. So it's just a matter of now trying to sort through emotionally come home to beautiful Seattle <laughs> my little weekend radio show all those things sound wonderful Tammy thank you and we're so glad to, thank you. Thank to you, hear Pat. your voice again today okay so a time that uh, I hope we won't relive again and anybody who listened to that 19 years ago broadcast um I'm sure they don't want to listen to it twice. It's something we could wait another 19 years to hear. It was just that tough. So we'll move on from that. Hey, I got something for you. Uh, I got something for you, too. Okay, well, We have another celebrity death we need to mention. Oh, but go oh, ahead. Well, maybe you should do it first. Let's get that out of the way. Well, last week, um, the beautiful and talented Diana Rigg passed oh, yeah, away. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 80, 82 years old. And... Um, uh, you know, I most people were a huge fan of her from the Avengers right, series, right. which aired in the 60s, and she played Emma Peel, and every teenage boy had a crush on her because, you know, she had those, you know, tight little jumpsuits on, yeah. and she was carrying a gun, oh. and carrying a gun. Oh my it was God. very sick. Yeah, she was great. Good morning, Mrs. Peel. Good morning, Steve. The door's open. Social visit. That's it. Happened to be passing by. Thought I'd drop in. The coffee's over there. There doesn't appear to be any cream. The cream is in the kitchen. Oh. But she, my favorite uh, role of, of her in, in the horribly disappointing Game of Thrones series, which I still can't believe it ended the way it ended. Well, that's it's, right. So I forgot she was in it. Game of Thrones. She was Olena uh, Tyrell. I heard you were leaving King's Landing. That is hardly your concern. Your grandson is still a prisoner. You'll leave him rotting in a cell. Loras rots in a cell because of you. The High Sparrow rules this city because of you. Our two ancient houses face collapse because of you and your stupidity. Just a fantastic role for her in that series. So she was the one of the major bright spots and, and, and story arcs that happened in that series. Again, well, I wouldn't say one of the major, any. I mean, that was a, just a great series period, but yeah, she was a highlight. No, no it wasn't. Sure. It ended terribly. Okay. But well, you're she, in the yeah, minority, she, I think I mean. for that, but I, I no, thought it was a great, great so. series. I thought it ended well. And I, oh, they set I themselves up to do subsequent movies as well, which is part of the, 
if you want a nice tidy ending maybe you didn't get that but uh you gotta be thinking down the road down the road breaking bad mm-hmm. did that and uh that's uh I, I bet the people who produced the fugitive a million years ago wish they had done that too uh mm-hmm. that's just my opinion but anyway yeah sad sad passing inevitable of course and i thought she might be older than that i would have put another 10 years on her so 82 huh yeah yeah Yeah. she was uh an english stage and she was a dame dame edna dame enid diana elizabeth rig was her actual name (laughs) so there you go yeah rig just doesn't sound uh i don't know it doesn't it's it should be like barrington uh, yes, Diana Barrington yes. the third, uh, yes. something. Yes. Uh, just rig. Just sounds like a well, like we got to come up with a name real quick. How about rig? Okay, let's do it. Fine, that's rig. <laughs> right. She, uh, I think maybe Brad Pitt took a lesson from her, and I'm sure he was encouraged in his career too. You know, you should give yourself a more dazzling name than a Pitt. Sexy name. And he said, no, yeah. or Brad. I'm good with Brad is Brad is kind of like yeah. Brad. Yeah, Brad. Sounds. Who's your new boyfriend? Brad. You mean like the thumbtack that on a chair? Yeah, that kind of Brad. Yeah, that's him. He did okay in spite of the uh, decision not to change his name, I guess. You mentioned uh, her, and a few years ago, of course, Mickey Rooney passed away. And this is a guy that has always fascinated me. A lot of people, perhaps listening to this podcast, and I know we have some younger people, they say, Mickey who? Who? Mickey Rooney? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, never a fan. let me tell never you, whippersnappers, in his day, Mickey Rooney was arguably the biggest star in, in, I don't in terms why. of box office. It was a different time, I don't understand different it. time. B-movies, a lot of those little shorties, Andy Hardy, you know, goes to Guatemala or all those different movies that he did. Listen, are you kids willing to stick together and pull yourselves out of a hole? You bet. Sure. I've got an idea. Our folks think we're babes in arms, huh? Oh, we'll show them whether we're babes in arms or not. I'm going to write a show for us and put it on right here in Seaport. Why, it'll be the most up-to-date thing these hicks around here have ever seen. Opening night, we'll have Max Gordon, Sam Harris, Lee Schubert down to give us the once-over. How about it, kids? <laughs> we'll get every kid in this town on our side, and we'll start right now. What do you say? Right now. Come on, kids. Let's go. Some with Judy Garland and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the fascinating thing to me about Mickey Rooney, is I watch these films, and I watch him, and I think, Okay, he's a character actor and a background player at best. How did he leap in front of all these other people and become the star of these movies? I I can't, like you, I can't see, I don't see a lot there. I don't, I don't get it, but it was unmistakable. Nothing special, nothing awful, but nothing special. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but man, he just exploded. He was huge, and I've read a lot of books about him and... Uh, basically, what I take away from those books is that he was, uh, he, he became a very big star at a very young age, and uh, and it's as true today as it was then. When that happens to you, more times than not, you're gonna you're gonna get out of control, and that's what he did. He just became really full of himself. He was trying to bed down every actress in Hollywood. And uh, and and so in those days, the Hollywood suits, the the brass, the producers, the uh, the money people in the show, they would try to cover all that up. They, I'm sure, they would go to Mickey and say, Mickey, would you would you tone it down a little bit? Uh, we we mm. that's not publicity that we need. 
And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then he'd go out and do it again. Uh, he, so he was a real handful and a pill to deal with. And I don't think as he moved on in his latter career where his you know celebrity was not as big a deal that he was as beloved as some other people might have been. But Mickey had a lot of weird ideas. He Two that I'm aware of. One, he thought it would be a good idea to have a TV show, a situation comedy. And he had one premise. And it was that everybody on the TV show would have a curse word for a name. So you'd say, hey, uh, hey, f face, come here. You say, well, what do you want? And that, and that was the entire premise of the show. Everybody would have a curse word for a name. And the humor would be in hearing those names <laughs> spoken uh, throughout the sitcom. Of course, it couldn't ever air on a network. And Mickey had a little trouble apparently grasping that. And they said, isn't there a little bit more to the sitcom than that? And he said, no, that's pretty much it. That's my idea. Which, when you think about it, is kind of up. His other idea was that he was going to have a restaurant, Mickey Rooney uh, string of restaurants that sold only potatoes. It was Mickey Rooney's Potato Restaurant. Hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato. Which I found out after listening to another podcast was actually a fake premise it's a fake ad for this restaurant <laughs> it is all potatoes and bread the funniest line in here uh is uh live drumming every sunday night yeah uh, just drumming free bread with orders over five dollars <laughs> and uh no tipping ever yeah no uh, tipping ever <laughs> so but this actual parody is inspired by mickey rooney who actually had a bunch of failed businesses who lived who <laughs> lived well into his 90s I'll, now I've got more reasons for why I'm not a fan. <laughs> okay. So I did something. I did something really interesting the other night, and I know I don't think you've seen this movie. Maybe you have. I don't know if you've seen, seen this it. movie, The Princess Love Bride. It. You did. Oh, oh, you what? did. What? What movie was it? I'm sorry, I trampled right over you. Oh, the the Princess Bride. Oh yeah, I've seen it. I can't. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. So it, they did a really. I think um, we talked about it on a I, previous podcast because there was a yeah. woman friend of mine that had never seen it and was told by everybody, you got to oh, see it, you right, got to right, see right. it, you got to see it. And then I, yeah. she was disappointed in it. Got it. Oh, right, right, right. So uh, the cast of The Princess Bride, now this movie came out in the 80s. Um, they had a, they reunited this last two days ago on a live broadcast to do a table read of The Princess Bride. Um, so they got the whole cast together. They had Carrie Elwes and Robin Wright and... Um, uh, Billy Crystal and Carol Kane and Mandy Patinkin. Um, just a lot of fun. They didn't have, and they had Rob Reiner, the director, right. actually read the part of Peter Falk, the grandfather. Um, I don't right, know why Peter Fred Falk. Savage. And, and Yeah, and he sounded just like him. He did a really great job. And it was littered with technical problems and all this mm. other stuff. But they did this uh, uh, as a fundraiser in support of the Wisconsin Democratic Party. So the only way you could get a link to the live reading, and it wasn't recorded, so you can't see it anywhere else, was to buy, donate to the Wisconsin Democratic Party. The idea is they want to be able to swing that state. Yeah. So. Um, that was the state that Trump won last time around. Yeah, right. Yeah, there were over a hundred thousand people on on the. Uh, it was just thrilling to watch them in real time do this, and it was really fun. 
Um, I just had a ball to it. Christopher Guest was on there. What a thrill to see him. And I mean, these people are all, you know, way older. But, you know, they had audio problems and just crazy problems, but they still got through it. Um, Patton Oswald uh, did questions and answers. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was on there. She played the part of the mother. Um, just so fun that they all got together to do that. So it was just another. Um, but you're telling us about something that we can't see now because it's over, right? I know. I I know. I, it's it's. Uh, but that's Thanks yeah. A lot. That's, it's over. Thanks they had a to lot, Foster. They had to re. You probably wouldn't have joined to watch. Oh it, yeah, but I, I was dying to, but wonderful. you didn't tell me about it. And now. That ship has sailed. Course, Thanks Andre, a the, lot. The, yeah, lit, literally sailed. The the ship, yeah, sailed. So anyway, lots of fun. Um, I and it was it was one of those, figuratively. Uh, <laughs> wow, um, it was just one of those bright spots in an otherwise horrifying year, twenty twenty. It was probably one of the biggest bright spots for me. Was Andre and, the Giant on it? He died. Oh, that wasn't my question. He died. So Josh Gad, do you know who yeah. uh, who that? Yeah, who he's that nowhere is? near so, yeah. his, the size. But he he did a great job doing it. He played Fezzik and did a great job as it. And then yeah, Rob Reiner. Um, so anyway, so and Fred Savage, uh, Finn Wolfhard played Fred. I still don't know. What was Fred, Fred not available? Up, so. Jeez. I don't know. It's a good question. There, I'm looking up an article to see why he wasn't there. But um, yeah, well, that anyway. sounds like they got most of the people there, so that's a good thing. They yeah. did. That's why it was so thrilling to watch them all live doing the table read of it. And uh, just they they just they you could tell they were having fun. And it was it was. Yeah. So I'm sorry. You'll never get to see it. Yeah. Ever. Well, as it happens in this world where very little is discretionary, that Princess Bride video that you talked about is all over YouTube now. True love. You heard it. You could not ask for more noble cause than that. True love. Sonny. True love is the best thing in the world. Except for a nice MLP, mutton lettuce and tomatoes folded a mutton nice and lean. The tomatoes are right. It's, it's so pretty. I love that so much. But that's not what he said. He distinctly said to blame, which as everybody knows means to bluff. So what, you were playing cards, right? And he probably cheated. And they're and a friend of mine put together a fundraiser for the comedian Mort Saul. I might have told you about this years ago. As you know, uh, the big news is the inaugural, and uh, President Johnson, who is listed here, as the first president to put the country in his wife's name. <laughs> anyway, that's what it says. So I only report what I read and don't understand. The official portrait of the president, which shows him next to a globe uh, with the troubled spots of the world marked in black. He's standing next to this black globe. That's what I was going to read. Uh, and, he got, and he got the participation. Mort had some financial problems, and so... All these comics, they all said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So they had this big stage show, and uh, yeah. they had everybody from George Carlin to uh, Jonathan Winters, Ooh. Jay Leno, uh, wow. Richard uh, Lewis, um, on and on it went. Just just about every... Those are big names. Yeah, and it was a fantastic show. I've talked to some people who went to it. Uh, it was not taped. It doesn't exist, except in... 
the people lucky enough to be there in their memory. And that's it. It, 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 it was, it came and went and they So they didn't tape it? I don't think so. I've asked about oh. it and there apparently is not an existing tape. And I just thought, man, I can't mm. believe it. That's such mm. a bummer, but it was held as a fundraiser. So you, to go, you had to buy a ticket for it. Yeah. And if you could just watch it right. online, then that would have uh, undermined the, the, the fundraising. So maybe that's what they thought. Right. But as you were talking about the technical problems with that table reading for the Princess Bride cast, uh, mm-hmm. George Carlin comes out uh, in this fundraiser for Mort Saul, and he is doing one of his really fast paced routines about words or something. Mm-hmm. There's a different group to get pissed off at you in this country for everything you're not supposed to say. Can't say fruit, can't say faggot, can't say queer, can't say Nancy boy, can't say pansy. Can't say jig, jigaboo, skinhead, jungle bunny, mooly, And his microphone goes out in the middle of it. Can't say... And a lot of performers would have thrown a fit, especially under the circumstances, and just said, oh, come on, let's try this again. Get the audio guy out. He didn't do any of that. He simply, and without, uh, you know, any kind of prologue or hysterics, just walked over to a microphone that was already positioned on a podium that was on the other side of the stage and resumed his bet. Ginzo, greaser, greaseball, spick, beaner, oye, tiger, PR, mick, donkey, turkey, limey, frog, squarehead, kraut, jerry, hun, chink, jap, nip, slope, slopehead, zip, zipperhead, gook. There is absolutely nothing wrong. Now that's a pro, and uh, mm-hmm. and so my friend said you saw that all night long with these people, and I'm thinking, and you didn't mm-hmm. record it. Said, yeah, I did. We weren't. Uh, we didn't have permission to do that. I guess they would have run oh. into all kinds of legal problems. A lot sure. of these people have, you know, agents and copyright issues and all yeah. of that stuff. But then you got to pay residuals. Yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. Stuff, so, yeah. Doggone yeah. it. Hey, um, yeah. this has this is uh, as usual, and I wanted. And I want to tell you one more thing oh, that sure. came out of yeah. this, but go ahead. Go ahead. The, there's a there's a there's a the line in in Princess Bride <clears throat> about masks because Carrie Elwes is wearing a, a black mask throughout much of the um, movie, the first part of the movie. Yeah. So during the table line read where he he puts on a medical mask for the line that says... No, it's just they're terribly comfortable. I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. It was just such a brilliant line that made so much sense now, today, uh, which we loved that he did that. He put the... And then he took the mask off. So anyway, it was a lot of fun. And there you go. That's all I want to share. Okay, cool. And as I was about to say, this is uh, germane to nothing at all that we've just previously talked about. but uh, And I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but I am a semi-regular denizen of the dollar store. I go in there a you, lot. And, you aren't embarrassed. You tell me that all the time. I think you're actually proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I'm not ashamed of it really either. I really like it. Uh, uh, well, I guess I am a little bit ashamed. I don't know why. Why? Why? why, why can't, can't you get something for a dollar? But isn't most of that stuff from... China or Taiwan and filled with lead. That's the yeah. problem. With the That's why I like store. it. You gotta be. <laughs> Cannot get enough do. lead in my diet. I love it. I had a girlfriend take a picture of some 
some potter like planters she goes look at these planters at the dollar store there or wherever she found or like a grocery outlet or something and there's a label on the planters that says contains lead i go you're not buying those she goes they're only five dollars i go you don't don't buy it they're gonna kill you but they're cute yeah well i'm kind of with her I mean, so so you avoid lead, you eat right the rest of your life, never have alcohol, and what? You live ten minutes longer than some guy that did. So what? You're, we're all checking out. So I mean, enjoy. Get all the lead you can in your diet and in your bloodstream. Okay. It's the American way. Great advice. Yeah. Great advice. So I go into the dollar store, and I'm checking out. What, as you know, I what I usually go in there to buy are reading glasses. Reading glasses. I mean, it's a, I have an absurd number of reading glasses. As I'm sitting here right now, I can see five, six pair just out in front of me. Judy in the So I literally that's have a, a, over a hundred. That's some sort of psychological. That, that's thing what my going wife says. Yeah, she says. Yeah. you have some sort of weird psychosis or neurosis or something. Uh, Fear of something yeah. like there's you. You feel protected by all your little dollar store reading glasses. Yeah, I reckon. Um, like in my pocket right happen, now, I've got two pair. I. It, why? I'm, what would happen if we took them all away? How would you feel? I'd be. Would you, I would, would be, be anxiety. I would be in terrible position, Lisa, because I. I've gotten to the point now. I can't read things up close. If it's small print, I mean, my life could depend on it. If you take more than what, two no, of no, these no. pills, you'll die. But I couldn't read it. What so I, I mean is, three. what if we took, what if we took away all but one pair? How high would your anxiety be? Well, I'd have to remember to keep that pair with me at all times. Inclu- I mean, I even wear glasses when I'm you asleep could- at night so I can see my dreams better. <laughs> You can wear, you can buy those cute little chains yeah. that hang around your neck. Oh, those neck are dorky. Can... <laughs> I can't go there. There's a guy that walks by our house every day with his dog. You wear, you wear socks with sandals, so okay. Well, rarely. I don't do that routinely, but I've done it. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. So I there's just... a guy that wears, that walks by your house yeah. that what? Has glasses on a chain yes. and you think he's dorky? Yeah. Oh. yeah, he looks like a complete schlemiel. I just couldn't. Have you told him that? Uh, not in so many words, but whenever I see him coming toward our house, I turn on my heel and walk inside. Then once I'm inside, I turn my heel off. So I go into the dollar store. All right, kill the crickets. Sheesh. I go into the dollar store, and I'm checking out, and there, where you would normally have you know, some magazines maybe. Well, not in the dollar store. What magazine sells for a dollar? But they have gum and candy bars and that kind of stuff. And also, prominently on display as you're checking out, uh, pregnancy, drug, and ovulation tests for sale. Oh, for one dollar. How handy. How handy. For a dollar. I'm thinking, really, something as momentous as, as potential <laughs> pregnancy or to find out if you're ovulating so you would know if you can get pregnant. Something as momentous, as life-changing as that, 
you're willing to spend one dollar to find out that information. One buck. Hmm. Wow. I just think it's, it cheapens <laughs> life itself. Not to mention the drug test thing. Turn the quiet up. Turn the noise down. Let this old world just spin around. I wanna feel it sway. Wanna feel it sway. Put some feel good in my soul. Drag a little drink, smoke a little smoke. You know, yeah. If you got a new job, they're going to drug test me. Uh, I better uh, find out uh, how I'm going to test tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if I'm right. and if I am positive, I'm going to have to stall. I'm going to say, you know what? I can't be available till next week. Uh, but that <laughs> you could also get that for a dollar. I don't have to pee right now, and I won't have. I don't have to pee tomorrow. I don't know if you, hey, I don't know if I, they put you through this, Lisa. Maybe they didn't because when we, you know, you and I worked at a radio station or two, then we got mm-hmm. fired. Then when mm-hmm. I got a new job at another radio station, you were still on the beach. You didn't immediately get hired at that other radio mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. We had to work on it really hard behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But when I mm-hmm. went to work, prior to going on to my first day on the job at this radio station, they said, well, the first, you have to have a drug test. I said, really? <gasps> yeah. I didn't know yeah, this. Yeah, you had to have a drug test. Everybody apparently had to have a drug test. And even if you'd already been working there for a while, you had to have a drug huh. test. I was told. So I said, "Okay, well, I don't. I think uh, I don't think uh, chocolate or anything like that's going to turn this drug test for me." So I'm. I go into this place. They gave us a. It's like a downtown clinic of some kind. I remember going in there. And I'm sitting out in the waiting room with a whole bunch of other people. We're going to have our drug tests. And really, all you have to do is go and pee into a uh, right. little little okay. cup. Where I work, they require drug tests. They can't care about your privacy. They hire these folks with jars and lights. Come around and collect our pee. They take that stuff to a lab somewhere. They do whatever it is they do. Of course, it occurs to me as I'm sitting there all the different ways you could cheat. You could have gotten, given, have a friend go in there previously, pee, hide the cup behind the toilet, and then when you go in, uh, you use his cup to represent you. I mean, there's ways you could cheat on that thing. But of course, that was so far from my mind because you know my character. So I go into the uh, the little bathroom. And make it. I make it sound like it's a, you know, a medical room but it's just a bathroom i go in there Mm -hmm. and i close the door and on the back of the door it says (laughs) it says turn out the lights now obviously that is intended for you as you're leaving the room to turn out the lights but the way my head works that's the first thing i saw when i went in there 
turn out the lights. Well, I didn't turn out the lights. But when I go back out and they said, okay, you'll have to wait for a few minutes while we do your drug test. So I'm still sitting in the lobby. And again, this is anecdotal. I, I, I have no proof of any of this. Another fellow sitting next to me, he goes in to that room, closes the door. He's in there for a few minutes, comes back out, and he's got pee all over the front of his pants. Or at least the front of his pants was wet in a way that suggested that it could be pee. Oh, oh no. So my surmi I surmise that he indeed did turn out the lights in there and was trying to fumble around and handle things in the dark. Missed the cup, or at least much of it missed the cup, and a lot of it went on uh, to his pants. And uh, then oh. he left the room. So that's... It might have been circumstantial, but it sure looked like that to me because he was dry as a bone when he went in there. <laughs> but don't sometimes those sinks splash you guys on the front of your pants? Like, I've turned on sinks that splash all over the front of you. Mm. Maybe it was just uh, Well. Did you smell it? You sound like a lawyer. It? No, I don't think, uh, Your Honor, that is a plausible scenario for why my client uh, his pants are wet um hey um my wife as you know had a job as a nurse for many years and she uh, has worked for surgeons and uh you know paramedical people all kinds of people uh even uh, even people that did liposuction and uh, you know skin skin uh, attendant sorts of operations and she was telling me a story the other day that uh, a woman came in one time to get she was going to have some liposuction done and uh, and she started say telling her and uh, the doctor things that probably should be left only to be said to people that you know well or that are your mm -hmm. friends or that otherwise it would be incumbent on you to tell this information to but she was just blathering away and patty and my wife thinks well maybe she we had just given her some drugs uh, for the surgery we were about to do and maybe that uh, fueled her blabbiness but she says out loud uh this woman does she said you know what my husband left me a couple years ago we're not married now there you go mm-hmm and you know, you want to know why he left me? You want to know why? You want to know why that son of a bitch left me? Um. Okay. Why? He left me because he said I farted too much. <laughs> he That's left funny. me for farting. I can't help it. He didn't care. He said, I can't take it anymore, and he left me. <laughs> hey, while wow, I have you here. Sensitive, what, a, what a sensitive man. I know. And what and what is farting too much? Yeah, I what mean, is too much? What? How a often? A little bit's okay. Don't, there's statistics, statistics say that most human beings fart about 14 times a day. 
Is that true for you? Uh, I have kept count. <laughs> and I've had days where I've done that in an hour. Yeah. So I don't I know who say. they're getting there. I could there. do that in a yeah. minute, depending, <laughs> depending on certain circumstances. <laughs> I had, as you know, I'm trying to eat really healthy and I've been eating lots of vegetables. Oh, I know. And I'm beans. trying to incorporate beans, beans. more because beans are super beans. good for you. Beans. They're like beans. really good for you. They got beans. fiber and iron. Beans. And one beans. night I made this really actually beans. delicious dish beans. of beans, broccoli. Beans. It was a garlic beans, beans. broccoli pesto. Beans. Well, let me just tell you, gar- broccoli and beans together. I couldn't go out of the house beans. for two days beans. after that. I had to just stay home. Beans. So I didn't go beans. anywhere for two days. Beans, 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 beans. You know, sorry, I'm way across the room because I'm plugging in my um, Alexa. I believe it unplugged quite a bit of the time. You still there? Okay. Yeah. Um, so this wasn't really a prelude to what I was just talking about. This was an accidental discovery that I made last night uh and i and i can't remember how it happened but i realized that you know anybody that has one of these echo devices or the google assistant or whatever be honest now you have tried to get that device to use curse words oh i haven't but i'm gonna now well um just because i thought it would be funny but uh, Alexa doesn't ever do it. She won't do it. She won't go there. She says, I don't know. I can't say that. Or I i don't have that information or whatever. But there's some excuse why she can't do it. So uh, last night. Some excuse. Yeah. Like she's a real well, thing. Well, it, it feels real to me. <laughs> so here's what I discovered last night. And I'm doing this live right now on our podcast. So it may not work. And forgive me if it doesn't. But... Uh, I discovered last night, hang on here, got to turn the volume up. All right, here we go. Okay. So I discovered, let's just see if this works. If it doesn't work, I, well, this is just a flop. Okay. Alexa, can you fart for me? That was a relaxed one. Try asking me for a random fart or try a 50 seconds fart countdown. Uh, do a 50 second fart countdown. Farting will start in 50 seconds. <laughs> no, I don't want... Alexa, cancel. Alexa, give... Okie dokie. <laughs> give me a fart, Alexa. Alexa, can you fart for us? That was a very eggy one. Try asking me for a rotten fart. Or say random. An eggy one? asking me for a rotten fart. Okay, a rotten fart, Alexa. No, you have to do it the other way. Alexa, give us a rotten fart. Would you like me to do a fart? Yes, please. I know, this is so immature. I know. But can you believe it? I, I that just... was a long and squeaky one. 
Try asking me for a cheeky fart. <laughs> or say random. So we're just do falling it. out do of random. our chairs do last random. night. Let's... Do random. Uh, random. Do random. <laughs> that was a funny one. Do you want to hear another one? Yes. Do, ran do yes. random. <laughs> this is not me, by that the way. That was a cheek wobbling one. Cheek wobble. asking me for a squeaky <laughs> fart. Or say random. And do it never runs. It just goes on squeaky, and on squeaky, like squeaky. this. Do squeaky. Do, do squeaky, squeaky fart. That was a funky one. Yeah. Ask me how to unlock extreme farts. Or just say random. Random. That was okay, a gassy I'm... one. Try asking me for fart music. Or say okay. Alexa, fart Alexa, music. play, play some fart, fart music? music. Yeah, I, I ran into this last night too. Check Last it out. Lane, Mr. Farts, techno farts. Techno farts. Oh jeez. I can't okay. take it. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, Alexa, stop. <sighs> Okie dokie. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard her say I know, that online. No, I just, it that, just oh, I stumbled that, oh, onto that. this, and now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I hope my grandkids don't there's, get, a, don't learn about this. There's probably a whole dark side of her out there that we don't know. Oh, I know. You must continue your, you must continue your investigation, my research, Pat yes. Cashman. That's what yes. I consider. Now I know that was very tawdry and it was immature and uh, scatological, but um, just. So you know that uh, the people who put this stuff together so, are actually anticipating what people are going to ask for. And this that thing this goes on and on and on. When my niece comes oh, over, I'm going to just do this Okay, randomly but you're going to be her. sorry because she'll it'd be like buying her a set of hard. drums and she'll never stop beating on it. <laughs> oh Think your way through it. Uh, we we might not even need joke of the day now that you've done uh, that, right. but I don't know how you're going to top I know, that. But I do have a great joke. This was sent to me by one of our listeners. Well, oh, by cool. our listener. And, oh, which, by the yeah. way, um, we need to thank everybody oh, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll get the list, I'll get that list up. But we also need to tell people who might not know, we have a phone number. You can call us. And we'll play your yeah. phone calls. You can call us at 425-522-BURP. That's the opposite of fart. Different hole. Burp. B-U-R-P. 425-522-BURP. You can call us. Leave us a message about anything that's on your mind. Day or night, that phone I'm line I'm glad works. you plugged so that. So keep in touch Good with job. us. Good yes, job. Good job. Keep in touch with All us. All right. This is just a great joke. Uh, and I, th I want to thank our listener, Tony, for sending this our way. Uh, you ready? You're going to like yeah. this one. I, well, I hope. Okay. okay. Since I got the drum music handy. A woman was entering middle age, and she decided she was going to get a facelift on her birthday. It's a nice birthday gift. She was so pleased with the results after having the surgery. That she says, oh, boy, that looks pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Wait, yeah, that's middle-aged? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, she's somewhere, when I say middle-aged, I mean she's somewhere between 18 and 56. Yeah, that's she the sounds middle. 90. Okay. 
But okay. Oh, that looks pretty good. I'm very pleased with the results. And so, as a result of that, she decides, you know what? I'm going to do this annually. It's going to be my annual birthday present to myself every year. Oh, good idea. So she does this. And Lisa, you know how she does it for 25 years. 25 years, she get, wow. every year gets a new facelift. And 25 years later, after the first one, she's looking in a mirror, reviewing the results with her surgeon. And she says, I see that you gave me a dimple in my chin this year. I've never had one before. Why did you decide to give me a, a dimple on my chin this year? The doctor says, Well, that's not a dimple. That's your belly button. And if you get any oh. more facelifts, you're going to have a goatee. <laughs> it's a good That's one. It's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Whenever I feel afraid, I hold my head erect and whistle a happy tune so no one will suspect I'm afraid. While shivering in my shoes, I strike a careless pose and whistle a happy tune, and no one ever knows I'm afraid. The result of this deception is very strange to tell, for when I fool the people I fear, I fool myself as well. I whistle a happy tune, and every single time, the Happiness in the tune convinces me that I'm not afraid. You may be as brave as you make believe you are. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. 